You're listening to Magpie Radio, a download from collingwoodfc.com.au. Pie Night is the official fans podcast of the Collingwood Football Club, proudly brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. And now it's over to your hosts, cyber fans Cono, Driver and Sugarfoot for this week's show from the Lexus Centre. Pies fans, welcome back to another episode of Pie Night, the official podcast of the Collingwood Football Club, brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. Tonight on the show, we've got a match review to beat all match reviews because we beat those pussies by 102 points on Saturday night. Go Pies! Hot magnificent. Pies. We're also going to talk about Coca-Cola Zero, Real Taste Zero Sugar Sweet 16. We're also going to finish off the show with uh, On This Round and, of course, the preview for this week's game against the uh, Doggies. good old Western Welfare. <laughs> Boys, welcome to the show, Sugarfoot Driver. What a win on Saturday night against the Cats. Sensational, Connor. It was, Driver. It was very enjoyable. Uh, it was a good night, wasn't it, afterwards, too, uh, Sugar? It was a great night to celebrate the Magpies' coming of age, I think, this team. 17-goal victory. The game was over halfway through the second quarter. I, it was halfway through the first, I reckon. I've got to say... I. I expected Geelong to at least have a plan B. They didn't get out of plan A. Plan A was to just choke us up, turn the game into a rugby scrum. Took us 15 to 20 minutes in the first quarter to break that, kick a few goals ahead. Then it was all over. It was a training run. One of the funniest uh, parts about the flood has been, I guess, is that it's never really hurt Collingwood that much. I don't think that over the last maybe four years where the flood's been particularly prevalent, sorry, we've, we've had too much of an issue with it. We've always had those long kicking players that have been able to kick over the flood and negate it. And I think it was probably uh, Anzac Day 2002 when, when Mick Malthouse said, I think we've got a solution to Essendon's flood. And he deployed Rocker, Buckley and Loney outside the 50 and just got them kicking goals from over the flood. That's right. I mean, it helps a huge amount when you've got guys like Heater, uh, Swanee, you know, they're just having super seasons, and they just run and run and run. I mean, the whole team's running, the whole team's kicking long. When we've got guys like Taz and Pebs up and running, um, you can feel free to bang it to them, and if they don't get it, Leon and Dids are around to, to mop up. But I mean, flooding is, is bad coaching, and it's bad. It, 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 I think it promotes a lazy attitude in weak. the players. Because the players don't have a one-on-one discipline. They man a zone, and what that means is, oh, well, Sugarfoot, you're over there, you're 10 metres away, I'm here. Look, there's a bit of a gap between us, but that's fine, because, you know, if the ball comes near, we'll be right. And the next thing you know, Dane Swan walks into the middle of that space, Collingwood's disciplined, great foot skills, puts it straight down Dane Swan's throat, and the two Geelong players are sitting there going, yeah, right, okay, well, how did we just let, you know, 17 goals, uh, you know, how did we let a 17-goal margin happen? A flood doesn't happen. You let a flood happen to you, and... Compare our game to Adelaide and Richmond, and you're spot on, Cono, where you say that you forget about playing man on man, and then you can't adapt to it. That's what happened to Adelaide in that last quarter. Richmond flooded for three quarters, went man on man in the last to preserve their lead. Adelaide really couldn't couldn't adjust to it. We don't do that. This team, 2006 team, seems to be focused on moving the ball quickly, moving it over the lines. As you guys rightly said, the long kicks, bombing it over the top, doesn't allow a team to set a flood. Your defenders are running backwards all the time. That's what happened to Geelong. But I actually expected them to change their game plan halfway through the game. They just didn't. But Bomber Thompson came out during last week and said, we're not going to flood. We only did it against St Kilda because we had some guys that were down on, you know, uh, coming back from injury. 
it was just ridiculous. Well, it's sort of from from the first bounce. They're struggling this week. They've copped a lot of um, a lot of angst, a lot of attacks in their media. But our boys seem to be travelling really well. Look in the Who paper. Who in particular driver? Give us some votes. Well, from my perspective, again, I think Heath Shaw was best on ground. Mm. I was so impressed with his game once more. It was funny. When he took that mark backing back into the pack, he reminded me of Dennis Banks when he used to do the kamikaze efforts. Yeah. And then when he was kicking those running goals, particularly the first goal he kicked, he looked like Mick McGuan. He does. Um, he runs like he Mickey. He runs a bit like Mickey. So I think, you know, for, for mine, he was best on ground. Dane Swan, those two guys, you mentioned it at the start of the show, Sugar, uh, Swanee and Shorey, those two guys are having cracker seasons. They are absolutely starring. And one vote to Leon. The neon Leon was back. Uh, great goal. He kicked that fantastic one on the boundary oh. line. My favourite, oh, though, was the one that he goal, sharked off the ruck contest from Stephen King because that's what we expect of a rover. Mm. We expect him to burst through a pack, grab a ball, kick a team lifting What, what was particularly funny about that is uh, he was being interviewed on uh, Triple M, I think it was. Again, on the odd occasion that I don't listen to uh, Magpie Radio, CollingwoodFC.com.au, live streaming and podcasting. Uh, Dermot Burton asked him, uh, Neon or Leon or Magic or whatever he called him, you know, there was this point when uh, when Stephen King tapped it down and before he'd even got his hand on it, you actually started your run and you read, read it perfectly, you grabbed it. Things like that can't be taught, can they? And then he, and, and Leon Davis's response was, no, actually, um, Shane O'Brien told me that he'd tap it that way, so I just did it. And <laughs> exactly in a typical hybrid. Collingwood style, he disarmed him. We're just playing honest, hard-working, hard-running football. Sugar, your votes? Look, my votes, I thought, uh, again, Heath, Best on, fantastic performance. I thought Leon was great. I gave gave him two, and short. Uh, sorry, Swanee. I've got down, got written down there for one. And I'd also like to give a special mention. I think he was the least possession player for us on the ground. I thought Nick's Ma- Nick Maxwell in the first quarter, every time it went to play for, play for about half a dozen times, Maxie just destroyed him. It really set the tone for our back line. But about a foot shorter than Playfair, but mm. he really tore him apart, didn't mm. he? Connor, Connor, your how votes. about your votes? Again, boys, it's hard to go past Heath, Leon and Dane Swan. Uh, my favourite Leon moment was when uh, Chapman was going for that mark. He sort of flicked it out of his hands, took it with his other hand, wheeled around, kicked it from 45. But I think one of the most unheralded players and a good return to form against the Cats was uh, Simon Prestigiacomo, Prestigiacomo, however you like to call it. Uh, he uh, held King Kingsley, I think, to, uh, to two kicks for the day yeah. or yep. uh, something, something like that. that. And it just goes to show when you're not on uh, on the couch, Presti, you, uh, you said you'd seem to play better. So are you going to promise us now that, again, you're not going to go on the couch for the rest of the year? Thanks, Presty. And those two guys featuring in all our votes, Dane Swan and, and Heath Shaw, what a season they're having. They've impressed us. They've impressed the Magpie fans. And I think Mick Malthouse, after the game, had a few words to say, and it seems from his words that he was also also has been impressed with their performance. Well, Dane's been around for a while, and he needed to come to grips with modern football requirements, and he chose to do something about it. Now, as long as he hangs in there long enough, things will work out for him like they are. Heath Shaw is a second-year player, and there were signs last year that he was going to be a reasonable player for us. He has gone the next step. CollingwoodFC.com.au is proudly supported by EasyBonds Global Payments. Secure online payments. EasyBonds Online Payments. Check out EasyBonds' website at ezybonds.com. 
or see the Collingwood website to see how you can transfer money the best way online. It's been 16 years since we've won a flag, and Pies fans, this year, we're going to win another. Coca-Cola Zero, Sweet 16. Real, Real taste, taste, zero sugar. Way, Pies fans, we, uh, we sent a call out to the Magpie Army, to you fair people, uh, asking for your best ruck rover of the last 16 years. Driver? Thanks, Connor. We had lots of entries and a lot of nominations. Shane O'Brien, Tony Shaw, Scott Russell, Scott Burns, Jason Wilde. But the winner... Jason of... Wilde. <laughs> Indeed. Um, the we're... Colin Gilly kid. He had some great games for us in the late 90s. Mm. Um, but the winner this week of the Ruck Rover for the Sweet 16 team is... Drum roll, please, Amber. Paul Lecuria, oh, Jewel Copeland Trophy winner. Jewel Copeland Trophy, magnificent. As always, each week we're giving away a slab of Coca-Cola Zero. Each week? Each week, a slab of Coca-Cola Zero. Who wins taste this week? Zero sugar. And the winner this week is Rob Barnes. Rob, congratulations. Barnsy. Well done, mate. <laughs> um, now, for next week, we would like all our listeners out there in Pyland to nominate the wingman for the Sweet 16 team. So you don't just name one person, name two. Send in your best two wingmen, and that will help us select the side. What an amazing group of wingmen, particularly in the early 90s when you consider Graham Wright came second in the uh, Brownlow in 1990. Obviously, the Darren late Darren Mullane, an amazing player, the greatest captain Collingwood never had. Even Gavin Brown who absolutely starred on the wing, and I guess we probably could have seen one of the greatest wingmen of all time, if not for the fact that the Collingwood team of the mid-90s, I guess, required him didn't, didn't work all over the place. Everything. I mean, also, yeah. and even in recent times, look, you know, Nathan, uh, Ryan Loney, bloody hell, he's played, you know, he's played 100 games now. He, he's had some great form over the last five years on a wing. Um, Scotty Russell, even. Indeed. Uh, Pie fans, send your entries to pynight at collingwoodfc.com.au with Sweet 16 in the subject line. Fantastic. Brought to you by Coca-Cola Zero, Real Taste Zero Sugar. And also uh, log into the website. It's a fantastic comp, uh, the Coke Zero running, which is the zeromovement.com slash or forward slash backslash whatever it is, slash footy. So the zeromovement.com slash footy. And... Uh, that's the sponsor of Fully Grown Man. Fully Grown Man. And we Driver. don't just want the people out, the blokes out there to nominate, but the women listening, you can nominate your uh, favourite bloke who and, wants to be sponsored. And speaking and, of women listening and many people listening, we've also got uh, here, obviously, our fantastic producer, Clinton Bound, producer of the Collingwood Football Club website. Well, welcome again, Clinton. Thanks, guys. Great to be here again. Just a little bit of news from the web world today, um, or through this week. We had uh, the winner of the e-diary competition, which we've been running on the site. We've got several thousand people have been downloading it, which is great. Go straight into your MS Outlook or also for Mac users. So download it. You can be up to date on all the goings-on in, in the black and white world. But Marshall Holding was the major prize winner, and he will be going to the, the football. West Indian cricketer. Well, yeah, it's an amazing name, Marshall <laughs> Holding. I spoke to him the other day, but he's the winner of... Uh, he gets uh, tickets to the President's dinner this uh, Friday night. We'll be coming down to the Inner Sanctum to come to the change rooms before the game uh, and is uh, obviously will be there on Friday night and he was wrapped to be, he's interstate but he's coming back for the game and he's wrapped to be the prize winner for this week. But the thing is we've got some fantastic sponsors like Easy Bonds Global Payments, Coke Zero, but there are a lot of other uh, 
I guess, events and, and things going on on the website, Clinton, give, give us a rundown because uh, you're smiling because you're very happy about, uh, about the work that you've been doing. Oh, we love it. We do. We, um, well, we've got the, uh, we're doing live, um, live press conferences now, which is great. So you can log in on Mondays and Fridays and tune into uh, Mixed Daly. There you go, McDonald. Uh, tune into Mixed Daly and uh, check out um, what, uh, live press conferences with Mick. Because the big thing is you see press conferences and journalists like to take out the bits they like. And this is a way for Collingwood fans to really just see the whole story, not just get all these tainted pictures of uh, of what we are really trying to say out there. And there's so much going on. Barricas are shouting, still going. We're running that to the 17th of June. Get your entries in. We've had you know probably almost just under a thousand now, which is great. Oh, so it'd be fantastic. fantastic. Great right. stuff. Yep. Now, any li- any idea of uh, maybe live coverage of training? A-, a little camera out there onto the Bob Rose Edwin Flack Oval. That would be fantastic. Working on it, of course. Uh, we don't want other teams to be logging on to see what we're doing, but uh, we're bringing plenty of innovations uh, in the coming months on Collingwood TV and the like. So and stay of course, tuned. Clinton, we've got the podcast all happening now. Yeah, which is great. We uh, actually first week we're rank- ranked number twenty-two, and it's been really going well. So that's a sports. Uh, podcast in Australia. That's several thousand are available. So I think we're down to oh, we're up to nineteen. Nineteen, right. in fact, yeah. you're right. Oh, and uh, we need to go higher than that. Just yeah, like let's our get number one get to the top. Let's get number That's one. That's it. Thanks, Clinton. What's that on your wrist, Tarkin? It's a wipeout road trauma wristband, Jono. Right. What's that all about? It's about raising money for the Robert Rose Foundation and helping people living with spinal cord injuries. Fair enough. But why does it say wipeout road trauma? Because road crashes are the main cause of spinal cord injury in Australia. So where can we get them? They'll be on sale at retail outlets at the MCG on the 26th of May for the Robert Rose Cup and in Rebel Sports stores if you miss one on the day. Fantastic. I'll get two. Me too. On this round, in years gone by in Collingwood history, round nine. In round nine, 1986, the Magpies defeated Richmond by 36 points at the MCG. Aye. Two former Tigers led the charge against their old side. David Cloak was best on ground playing in the ruck, and Brian Taylor kicked the bag of five. This game was the first time that the 50-metre arcs were used in an AFL match. Oh, fair dinkum. Round nine, 1990, was the day Dakes and Gavin Brown combined to kick seven apiece at Vic Park as the Pies thrashed the penny-pinching North Melbourne by 80 points. Dakes had 31 touches to go with his seven, and when teammate Craig Kelly was asked about the Masters game, all he could do, like Con, was shake his head and say, he's a freak. Dakes. However, the umpires chose to give three votes in the Brownlow to Mickey McGuan. A worthy, but nevertheless. Dakes. Gavin Brown was a champion at both ends of the ground on this round in round nine, 1992, and he made a regular habit of beating Geelong champion Gary Ablett Sr., this particular round was no exception as the Magpies beat the Cats by 15 points at VFL Park in a top-of-the-ladder clash. At the other end, Peter Dacos kicked five before going off with a shoulder injury through three-quarter time. And I actually recall the next day, the Herald, uh, sorry, the Sunday Age ran with a front page of their sports section saying, and on the seventh day, Brown held Ablett and Geelong's bubble went pop. I've still got on, that, oh, on my wall at home. Sensational. In round 9, 1994, Collingwood crushed the then-powerful Hawthorne team by six goals at Victoria Park. It was a game where Gavin Brown had a remarkable 20 handballs in a total of 33 possessions. After the game, the Magpies headed to the exclusive Cape Shank Golf Resort for a celebratory weekend. It was a bit of a laugh, wasn't it? It was a little Mm. bit of a laugh, and the next day the headlines screamed drunken rampage, and television footage was showing damage to the greens and the golf buggies. It wasn't us. Did they ever prove it? Well, the 
golf club officials came out publicly in support of Collingwood, and they claimed it was a media beat-up. They said the damage shown had been caused by other people many weeks before, and they also said that the Collingwood players were welcome back at the club any time. It's a conspiracy, always. And that was Round 9. You're listening to Pie Night, brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. Boys, during the week I've heard some very uh, strange comments from the media. Not that we're uh, unaccustomed to that, but the point is I've probably heard two or three different uh, people saying that we are now the favourites for the flag. We're now, that's it. Collingwood's going to win the flag. And apparently they're giving away the flag after the... uh, after you actually finished second in round eight, so well, uh, Matty Campbell actually made the comment on the on the winners on Sunday night. Mm, God, on Fox good, to, good to watch it on on Foxtel, and he said that he saw the Premiership side play on Saturday night, and it was out of Collingwood or Sydney. Mm. Well, driver, why is this the case? Why is it that Nary eight rounds ago, uh, Caroline Wilson, I think, had us finishing thirteenth or fourteenth? Uh, Throbby Balls balls wasn't far behind. Well, look, they're all wiping the egg off their face. Uh, We've proved them wrong. Look, most of these pundits out there who predicted that we'd finish in the bottom four had Essendon in the top four. They look completely stupid. I don't know what they were doing over summer. And they had North Melbourne in the top of it. I mean, Melbourne's list is... You know, expert. You've got to put inverted commas around that, guys. Simple as that when you're listening to these people. But people out there in Pyland know. We're Collingwood. They're not. They hate us. They're building us up because they want to see us fall over. Mm. What we've got to do is build on the momentum. We've talked about how we're a momentum team. Once we get going, we're unstoppable. Friday night at the MCG, 7.40 p.m., we're up against the doggies. Well-coached, well-drilled unit, really good foot skills, a team to be reckoned with. Um, a few weeks ago, Geelong was the Premiership favourite. We knocked them off now. Hmm. Now we've got to knock off the dogs. Forget about that Premiership stuff. They give out the Premiership on the last Saturday in September. Do you think it's? Uh, do you think we have changed our driver as a, as a team? I'm not, I'm not sure that we've so much changed. We've matured. And the other thing, look at that list of injuries. Zero injuries. Hmm. We're Great a team see, isn't it? with what about a lot of thumb, depth. Though? He played at Williamstown Reserves mm. on Saturday. Oh, and he great did. to see Russ right. yeah, comes back through the reserves. And, and Russ was at the reserves as well. He kicked yeah, four kicked. goals. Um, that's great to see those guys. They're coming back from injury. They're not being rushed into the Williamstown seniors, let alone the Collingwood seniors. They're going into the Williamstown Reserves, having to get themselves a go. But Mick uh, said something earlier this week about changes to the team and whether or not we had changed and whether our personnel had changed. And we're going to hear his comments now. Not taking away from those two teams, but our depth in those years was reasonably restricted. Uh, I'm guessing on this because we haven't played a lot of players this year, but I, I think I'm suggesting our depth is a major factor. We're able to put pressure on those players to perform, whereas we were locked in on 23, 24 players, I, I believe anyway, in those two years. So for all intents and purposes, we, we may well be better than, than those that time player-wise, as in numbers-wise. I don't know whether we're better as a team. Time will tell that. So Mick has seen that change since our grand final years of 2002-2003 till now. But, Driver, there are other teams out there that have uh, that have changed. Brisbane, Essendon, Port. And somehow we're sitting second on the ladder. Why do you think that's the case? We're sitting second on the ladder because we're winning games. Um, that's the fact of it. At the end of the day, we've got a unit... 
a strong defensive unit. We've got depth, like Mick talked about, the ability for us to change the team based on matchups coming up, and that's going to be important on Friday so night, so Sugar. Wakes is there, the, there's talk already today that Wakes might miss out. I mean, Wakes has been fantastic the last few weeks, but just because of the doggies' small forward line, you know, Johnson's probably the tallest guy there. He's about six foot one. Great player, but talk about bringing Reese in. I mean, Reese hasn't played this year. He was probably leading out BNF when he went down with his knee last Absolutely. year. Yeah, well, this time was. last year. You think mm, he, he was. was. But guys, we've got, we've got the second highest scoring team in the league up against us. We're the highest scoring team in the league this year. Um, how are we going to win the game? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people today in the lead up uh, to the game have, have been talking about how it's new football versus old football. Like Collingwood's structure is, you know, the old structure of having tall forwards and tall defenders and, you know, Ruckman and all these things, whereas the dogs are somehow meant to be a team of merit because the they're... mosquito fleet. Exactly, because they've got 22 steel. runners. Now, I, I've never believed in the fact that uh, 22 runners will win your game based on the fact that when I was about six years old and I went to my first footy training session, they said, well, you know, at the end of, uh, the end of a game, when you're tired and when it's slow and when it's wet and muddy, the tall players stay tall, but the, sh- the small players slow down. And I think that's the difference. And to put it in a very simple term, that's why I think we'll win on Friday night. A lot of it is psychological too. When it, you come up against two good teams like we're going to have on, on Friday night, hopefully it's going to be a great contest. We want to win. I was um, talking to Rodney Eid a few weeks ago about this whole um, pretense that Footscray or Western Bulldogs have got 25 players on their list who can run 20 metres in less than 2.8 seconds. And um, Is it the Commonwealth Games has been and gone? What he said was, what he said was, he uses that as a stat to build their confidence up in their running. He doesn't see it as a marker. It's used as some sort of psychological ploy to make these blokes believe they can run out a game in the last quarter. When, as you say, Cono, sometimes those slow blokes slow down. We've got to believe in ourselves. Like the dogs have built up belief, we've got to build up self-belief based on games like last week. And I think also, look, talking about them running out, let's not forget they're coming off consecutive trips to Adelaide and Sydney. They've travelled in a state the last fortnight, and they're coming off a shortened break. Yeah, they played at and, home in Sydney. And they were mm. beaten. And they were beaten. And I think we look at what Sydney did. Sydney played a pretty traditional setup. They ran hard off the back line, delivered it quickly into the forward line, and the Dogs had absolutely no answer to that. And they, we play a similar style. They have no Ruckman, the Dogs, to speak of. They've got Peter, Peter Street. Street. It's um, going to be a test for Josh, because he's been great against quality opposition the last fortnight. Let's hope he doesn't have a downer because street might be a little bit easier. We really need him up and firing. Yeah, he can't take running. it easy, can he? No, no can't one take it on. Can't be on easy street. This no week. way. Ah, 20, Twenty-two players, all of them firing, all of them up for the game. It's going to be a big one, Friday night at the G. Guys, who's going to win? Sugar, who's going to win? By how much? Look, um, again, apologies on behalf of all of us to the, the side last week. I don't think anyone tipped us by more than about 40 points. So apologies to the Collingwood team. Uh, but this week, I think we'll beat the Doggies by, I think, six goals. Six goals. Connor, what are your thoughts? I uh, I can see our tall forwards just absolutely destroying the Dogs. I don't think they've got an answer at all. Uh, and I I think their midfield is good. There's absolutely no question. Their skills are good. But they're playing tomorrow night on the wide open expanses of the MCG. Night match, bit slippery, big TV audience, bit of pressure. And I don't think the dogs are going to cope with uh, with our style of play. I reckon we're going to win by 47 points. Driver? 
I think the midfield's going to be the key, winning the ball in the middle, getting it into the forward line quickly, allowing people like Rocker, people like um, Tarrant to take marks, and if not, for Leon and Dane Swan. Alan. Uh, Alan Didak, of course, and Nathan Buckley to come through. All those sorts of players can make a difference as long as we win the ball first and deliver it quickly into the forward line. I think it'll be a bit of a shootout, guys. I I think there'll be about 40 goals kicked in the match. Mm. I predict us to win by uh, 28 points. Clinton Bowne, our producer. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, sure. I think um, I think we might find Reshaw coming for for his first game of the season, um, but we'll have to wait and see, obviously, till the night because there've been some late changes that have come in. But uh, I'm thinking about 18 points for this one. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I predicted 45 last week, and as again, I was a little off the mark. Um, but uh, I think we all were. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, three goals. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. I think you're right. Well, boys. Let's hope the Pies uh, notch up another win. It's just a matter of taking it one week at a time and just getting four points every week. I think that's the most important thing. But uh, we've enjoyed uh, having you on Pie Night, Pies fans. I hope you've enjoyed us having us on your uh, your iPods or your podcasting machines, whatever you might have. And don't forget to send your entries into uh, the Coca-Cola Sweet 16. And uh, this week, as we say every week, Go Pies! Go Pies!